Hello, I'm Michael Watson, and this is the Influence Watch podcast. On his way out the door, disgraced former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo left one final present for liberal ideologues, a parole referral for David Gilbert, serving 75 years to life for his role in the 1981 Brinks armored car robbery that led to the deaths of two police officers and a Brinks security guard. Gilbert was a member of the Weather Underground, a new left radical extremist group active in the late 1960s and early 1970s. Joining me to discuss Gilbert's likely release, the history, and the continuing influence of the Weathermen is Ken Braun, who wrote the extensive Influence Watch profile on the extremist group. Uh, Hi, Ken. Thanks for joining us. Oh, glad to be here, Mike. Thank you. Uh, So before we get to David Gilbert, let's just kind of start at the beginning of the story. Uh, What was the Weather Underground? And they're also known as the Weathermen, Weather. They have many weather-related names. (laughs) So before they were uh, worried about the weather, they were um, a faction of the Students for Democratic Society, a very uh, uh, comparatively nonviolent, uh, to the weather underground anyway, uh, but a very radical uh, student organization, far left student organization. The, 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 the SDS or the, the Sinn Féin to the weather underground's IRA. That's a very good analogy. Yes, very, very, very good. Um, And they began, I believe, in 1965 or so and carried on um, doing campus protests. They took over Columbia University, some other universities in protests of the Vietnam War and racism and all uh, a lot of. um, They they were the vanguard of the uh, of the new left student movement in the late 1960s. progressively more communist as they went along to the point where when they finally came apart in 1969, one communist faction represented more or less by the the folks that became the Weather Underground purged another Maoist faction for counter-revolutionary tendencies and more or less that was the end. So so they basically basically reenacted reenacted the Sino-Soviet split in their Uh own organization. (laughs) They did. And keep an eye on this space because we get back to it at the end of the Weather Underground and in, in, in some great ironies there. Uh, so anyway, the, the Weather Underground um, is, is a, a the, the the Maoists that they kicked out were more of a work within the system, uh, work within the labor movement, make them the radicals and the revolution will occur that way. Mm-hmm. The Weather Underground completely different. They want a they wanted. They they decide uh, that the way to bring about the communist revolution and end the Vietnam War and bring about racial harmony in America is to directly attack in the uh, the the system in the form of attacking the military uh, and and police officers head on. So when they so when they start so when they start, uh, you know, they've they've the SDS is sort of devolved now into factionalism. The weather Mm -hmm. the weathermen have formed their own thing. Uh, what are what are they like? What's their manifesto? What are they what are they trying to achieve? They are trying to achieve a a a communist revolution in the United States, and they are hoping to spark it by showing that the system can't defend itself by attacking the military, attacking the police with this series of um, of bombings that they begin, um, and they begin doing this initially without any real concern. I mean, they deny it. Today, those of them that are that are still around, they deny that they had violent tendencies in the beginning. Some of them do. Um, 
they clearly were trying to kill people. They were trying to kill police officers. They were trying to kill military folks. Um, they managed only to kill themselves in a, uh, a preparing a bomb in a townhouse in New York. Uh, to the extent that you can believe that they weren't trying to deliberately kill people, the accidental explosion leveled this townhouse. It completely mm. collapsed on itself. And another bomb that was going to go off at the same time in Detroit was discovered because the FBI had basically infiltrated that faction of the weather underground. Uh, but the bomb that they located was enough to have done the same thing to the police off to the police precinct that they had placed it next to that mm. happened to the townhouse. So they were clearly. So, so what were what sort of the major, I guess, events, att attacks, attempted attacks that the weather underground tried to tried to and or did? The uh, the townhouse bombing I just uh, alluded to was was the one that kind of set them on a course of what they called um, uh, responsible terrorism. They decided they were going to give warnings before their bombings, and they placed bombs. So so so, so like the so like the IRA in the nineties when they would when they would call in the call in the bomb yeah. to Manchester Council and yes and no no injuries occurred after this point um to them or anyone else they they carried off quote unquote successful bombings of the pentagon capitol building um other um some some other police uh targets and and whatnot all with this you know effort to to thinking they were going to spark a revolution um more or less this was counterproductive it, it created a backlash even amongst people that were possibly sympathetic to their policy aims uh, would not countenance the violence and uh, you know it damaged their reputation it damaged that of SDS Todd Gitlin an SDS member who didn't go off and join the weather underground yeah and and, and who if if i if i recall correctly later became a california state senator um no no that was hey or was that hey you're thinking of Hayden, yes. I'm thinking of Tom Hayden, okay. Right, right. So Gitlin, though, referencing Bernadine Dorn and Bill Ayers, two of the ringleaders, uh, Dorn, arguably the ringleader of the Weather Underground, he, denouncing them years later, said, you know, this nonsense that they weren't trying to kill anybody or they, they were terrorists. They were absolutely terrorists. And, okay, so they didn't kill anybody except themselves, so give them a medal for that. But otherwise, <laughs> you know, they were incompetent terrorists was – was the point he was giving. Interestingly, regarding the Chesapeake item, uh, or the David Gilbert item, I guess I should say, but it relates to Chesapeake. Yes. There is an unsolved bombing in San Francisco that killed a police officer that occurred even before, you know, early on before even the townhouse bombing happened. It has been investigated as uh, a weather underground related attack over the years and it's never been solved and it, it is interesting that Chesapeake is it, it had all the hallmarks of a of a weather underground mm -hmm. hit because it was simultaneously attacks on a Berkeley Police Department headquarter or precinct and a San Francisco Police Department precinct the latter ended up killing an officer who was on duty there and of mm -hmm. course now Chesapeake is is the San Francisco DA yeah and and and, and Skip, skipping ahead a little bit, Chesapeake is the son of David. The son Gilbert. of Gilbert, yes. Yeah, and and the son of and Kathy oh. Budin, another participant in that in in, in that uh, robbery that Gilbert was with. Those are his. Those are Chesapeake's parents. Um, and Kathy Budin was um 
the was was one of the survivors of the townhouse bombing um which you know mm. so to, to put all you know there's a lot of uh yeah a lot, a lot of moving parts to these folks <laughs> but uh so anyway they they continue their responsible terrorism yeah so so they so they go on this this largely non-fatal bombing campaign and then how does how does it hit the wall? How does the weather underground sort of break apart, devolve into nothing? The same way they came into the world. Uh, they they ended up radical enough that a much less competent but more radical faction ended up ousting Bernadine Dorn, Bill Ayers, and all of the original leaders get ousted from their own counter-revolutionary tendencies. And, um, you know, it, it, it's... it's it, it's just, just a, cy- you know, cycle, uh, cycles of communist purges. Yeah, you know, you're you're looking at sort of the the Monty Python communist uh, episode is what's <laughs> happening here. It gets progressively more absurd, and yeah. So anyway, after that, the remaining weather underground folk stay underground and begin to, you know, don't, they don't stay underground for long. They begin to resurface as as you know. Um, it becomes clear that they actually won't face any serious charges. Which and, and let's and let's and you mentioned now the the lack of serious charges. How how did so many of the? I mean, obviously, uh, Gilbert went to prison for a long time, although for an offense he committed after the Weather Underground sort of had ceased to exist. After uh, this, yeah, yeah. Uh, how but did the, so many of the Weathermen avoid jail? <laughs> yeah, so so Gilbert Gilbert and Budin, the his 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 uh, the. Uh, partner at the time end up going to jail because a splinter group from after this thing happens after the uh, the crash of of the weather underground an organization called the May 19th Communist Organization um, springs into existence and they rob banks and end up killing you know the the, the murder we discussed um, the FBI during the entire period was singularly incompetent at finding any of the Weather Underground bombers tracking them. I mean, to the extent that the Weather Underground accomplished anything, they did a fantastic job of eluding the police and this caused, and, and the FBI, the federal government. This caused the FBI to undertake unconstitutional methods to pursue them. They were conducting illegal wiretaps of family members of the Weather Underground, suspected supporters, getting no court authorization, no probable cause for these things. And... When this was discovered, it, you know, it became clear that the, the, the government and, and with informants put into the organization that may have been instigating, um, mm. you know, entra- entrapment items. So they, Cla- they, classic, they, classical FBI tactics. <laughs> yes, quite, quite a, a thorough threat, uh, a thorough shredding of uh, several points in the Bill of Rights and criminal procedure and, and whatnot. And uh, at that point. A lot of the folks, uh, Bernardine Dorn, Bill Ayers in particular, uh, most infamously uh, surfaced and faced comparatively light charges regarding, you know, weapons possession and things such as that. They mm-hmm. none of them really ever got got hit with the serious bombing charges at all. And, and that was large, largely because the FBI. Yes. Invest, they, the FBI, the FBI, investi- the FBI investigations were so boneheaded that all the evidence they acquired got thrown out. Yeah, it would have been the the, mm. the federal government, the federal the assistant or the U.S. attorneys that were confronted with this behavior, uh, more or less 
decided we they just dropped the prosecutions they couldn't they couldn't they yeah, realized right. we, that, we have that, we have we have our, our our wonderful folks at the fbi have delivered us evidence we can't use so we can't prosecute yeah interestingly the one person that did get prosecuted as a result of the fbi's investigation was the fbi agent in charge of botching this investigation he got prosecuted for misconduct so that was the, was, the was major that uh who was I believe, yeah, I think I was, think you're thinking of Mark Felt. Yeah, yeah, was wasn't it Mark Felt? I believe it was. Yeah, I I have to go back and look at my notes. I'm pretty sure it was Mark Felt, aka Deep Throat. Yes. Yeah, better better known as Deep Throat <laughs> in the Watergate yep. Watergate investigation. Hold on, I am confirming this. Yeah, uh, on our on Ken's wonderful piece uh, that is available at InfluenceWatch.org uh, on the Weather Underground and the. Uh, here we go. FBI misconduct. Uh, yes, one of them was felt. <laughs> yeah, 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 I thought so. So, yeah, so that's that is uh, in a nutshell how the thing came apart. And uh, a lot of them began resurfacing, facing, you know, like I said, trivial charges or, you know, or less. Uh, yeah, tri- trivial or, charges or nolly for because the FBI right. screwed up so bad. Yeah, and Bernadine Dorn, fascinatingly, she did stand or not. She did uh, plead guilty to one of these minor charges. She ends up later attempting to. She she graduates from law school and is attempting to join the 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 bar in um, Illinois, I believe. And she's denied bar admittance, not because of the weather underground crimes she committed, but because she refuses to testify against the aforementioned Kathy Budin and David Gilbert regarding what she knew about their past. So, yeah, so let's the- so that 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 brings us nicely back to uh, David Gilbert and Kathy Budin. Um, <laughs> so what were what was Gilbert's role with the weather underground and the and then how does that lead into the the May 19th communist organization and the Brinks robbery? Right. So Gilbert was more was more of a was not quite the character that that Kathy Budin was. Um, I don't know where he the Weather Underground had a lot of ancillary folks that couldn't be considered leaders in their respective regions. Kathy Budin was one of the New York faction who, as I said, was uh, had the uh, townhouse dropped on her in the in the in their botched bombing of themselves. Uh, Gilbert at some point wanders into the organization or was a leader of a local group. I'm not sure what his role was prior to his involvement with the May 19th organization and, and Kathy Budin. They were a couple at that point. And yeah, they uh, they decide they're going to rob a Brinks truck both to attack the system and continue supporting their movement. Uh, there was mm-hmm. a million plus in the car, which, you know, adjusted for inflation from 1981 would be. Yeah, a, that's a, nice a couple of couple million now. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. That you could you could you could keep causing trouble for a while on that. And uh, but it goes bad. Uh, Gilbert was driving the vehicle and the, the, the attack vehicles, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, supposedly wasn't firing shots. Uh, two police officers were killed. The armored car driver was killed in Nyack, New York, I believe was the name of the town. Uh, afterwards, Gilbert is defiant as far as how he's going to approach. You know, he's captured and, and yeah, you know, charged, charged with robbery, felony murder, all sorts of other things. And, and is, you know, behaving 
as a communist revolutionary should in these situations, I guess, and refusing to participate with the system. Uh, Kathy Budin, different story. Kathy Budin's father was a uh, pretty prominent attorney, got her very good representation, and she got a 20-year sentence, which I believe she got out after 13 or so, early early 90s. Um, and her her uh, uh, and she's pregnant at the time as well with the aforementioned Chesa Budin. Uh, Gilbert. Uh, got a 75 year hit when he was convicted and that was uh and and which leads us to uh this week mm. when when bef- bef- with still right think, so five, three decades to go on it he was going to die in prison right prior so to, yeah. so uh andrew cuomo obviously is you know has now resigned uh because of his own uh the allegations of personal misconduct related to him uh, on his way out the door, he hands a uh, he hands a clemency to David Gilbert. So why would he do that? And where does the San Francisco D.A. and son of David Gilbert, Chesabudin, come in? Um, I guess my snarky answer would be that this is entirely consistent with the reputation the governor has been building over the last year. Uh, but uh <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think Chesa Budin and also the former SDSers that may have known Gilbert, the former Weather Underground folks who were unprosecuted and did arguably similar things. They just didn't inadvertently kill people or deliberately kill people in it. Um, these folks have turned into, I mean, Bill Ayers was a professor at the University of Illinois, Chicago. Bernardine and, 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 and famously, at least on on the right, was an early mentor advisor of uh former president barack obama to some degree they the, there's disputes as to how how mm-hmm. elaborate that was what you know uh to, to, to how close they really were but yes and Dor- um who uh, as i said I mean, we can get into a little bit if you'd like about her i think she was more more of the leader of that group than anybody um, but uh, she was a Northwestern University law professor. The aforementioned Kathy Budin, after getting out of prison, uh, went and became a professor at Columbia. Her, her son becomes a pol- prominent political person, becomes a DA. I, there's, you know, to whatever extent the governor is looking towards his rehabilitation, he's he's making all the right friends, I suppose. Is the, and the, and and the, and the and more I, cynical and I think- way to look. Well, and I think it also demonstrates that, you know, for what was a relatively small extremist group 40, 50, almost 50 now years ago, uh, you know, that this this faction still has influence. It, remarkably, yeah, considering that their influence at the time at least so far as the weather underground went, you can argue more influence for SDS, I think. But as far yeah, as the, yeah, the, the, SD, the SDS, the SDS, they they hung around for a little bit. They elect, you know, again, they got a couple of their members elected. They got uh, some guys who like John Wilhelm was an SDS or later became a trade union president. Like they, they had a bit of influence. But the fact that the that the guys who were building bombs have maintained their influence. Yeah, and what I was going to get at was SDS kind of was a, from their beginnings, they became more influential until their demise. 
I think the Weather Underground um, had their greatest influence in the first year of their existence when most of the bombings I was discussing, the, the alleged ones in San Francisco, the Detroit bomb, the townhouse, Pentagon, a lot of the early, uh, you know, I think they kept it up through like 1973 or 74, but more or less most of their work was done in the first couple of years. And then, you know, it was clear that they weren't bringing about the revolution and, you know, their influence started to decline precipitously. The, the half-life was pretty, mm. pretty brutal. Um, and so, yeah, some a, a group that, that kind of exploded with its first big shot, no pun intended, and then, <laughs> and then de- you know, declined rapidly after that. And yet still half a century later. Yeah, um, it's 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 after yeah. it, it, it continues to have influence in its afterlife. Yeah, it's, I mean, to, to, to speak of a, an organization that I think the Weather Underground really wanted to be, they, some of them admitted it, the Black Panthers. The Black Panthers um, had a more consistent run as well, and as you know, similar to SDS, had political influence decades later from people that were affiliated with the organization, uh, similar to SDS. Uh, the Weather Underground um, singularly failed in almost everything they did, except, like I said, in, inadvertently killing themselves. <laughs> well, uh, is there, is there, I mean, is that pretty much, is there anything that we've left uncovered that you think should be covered or? Oh, that, that's, that's, uh, as, as far as the, uh, the Gilbert Budin items, that's, that's pretty close to it. I mean, there's, there's a fascinating history of where a lot of these folks end up afterwards. Like I said, a lot of them ended up uh, some, much like SDS itself. Um, they all end up, a lot of them bouncing back into academia years later, which is sort of for the, for the organization that began SDS, I mean, shutting down universities. Some of them become professors at those same universities years later. Like I said, the the famed tenured radicals. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, you, you can say SDS to some degree achieved their revolution. (laughs) I think when when you look at academia, Hmm. Well, uh, Ken, thank you for joining us. Uh, we will link your extensive history of the weather under- underground in today's show notes at capitalresearch.org. That's our show for this week. We encourage our listeners to subscribe on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. And if you have subscribed, thank you. And please leave us a five-star rating. Those ratings really help us find new listeners, especially if they come with a positive review. We'll see you all next week. Thank you.